Baseball Month. Friday, the final day of the week. These are the voyages of the program on sportsmanlike conduct. Its ongoing mission to explore strange new movies, to seek out new bits and new edifications. To boldly go where no radio program has gone before. Hellcats Movie Club. It's Hellcats Movie Club. Hellcats Movie Club. chagrin we are not re-reviewing the hill from last week <laughs> why am i getting singled out for this josh hated it too i did hate it as well horrible it's a bad movie. movies ken hated it yeah we all hated yes. it john it sucked <laughs> it, was a, it sucked pick a better exactly. movie <laughs> you know what kent is, of you movies. Uh, <laughs> kent is of movies yeah he's a critic john he knows what he's talking about uh does he he still doesn't like he still doesn't like um, what's that one? The, the one that you oh uh, got it. I always forget the name, but it's your worst movie of all time, or at least you've said it many times. Maximum Overdrive, yeah, ah. excellent movie, an excellent movie. <laughs> it is so good. Oh, so yeah, Kent and I will always butt heads on Maximum Overdrive. But Kent, how you doing? I'm doing well. Trying to stay awake here. Uh, I'm midway through the uh, Lincoln Exposed Festival which is four nights of local bands playing in five different venues Ooh, or four, oh. I guess it is this year. And you go back and forth. It's a lot of fun, but doing that and then getting up and going to work. A little after, harder. I'm, it's a little makes, I, I'm getting a little toasty by Friday afternoon. Are you two days in? So are there two days to go? Two days in. So there's tonight and then tomorrow. Tomorrow night. night. So that makes sense. So which, which venues are they using? Sleep, as they say, which venues are they using? Ken, I assume the zoo bars. Zoo bar, uh, the zoo bar, 1867, uh, the bourbon theater and uh, Duffy's. Okay, so at least everything's relatively. Yeah, it's all right there, 14th and O, in the music district. Mm. Music district. You have a cool cool job, Kent. Beats having to actually work for a living. I was saying that to a coworker earlier. Yeah. Imagine having a normal job. I would hate a desk. Sounds terrible. Yeah, no thanks. Well, let's get to the movie this week. It is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Came out last summer. It was one of the, uh, the big summer blockbusters. Um, I, that's where I saw it. I saw it in Des Moines last year as part of our guys trip. We, uh, we went and saw it. Um, but it is now streaming on Paramount plus and Josh, this was your pick. Yeah. Should we let John do it since he loves Tom Cruise and the mission? Impossible he does movies? love Tom Cruise. Um, I will do it though. Since okay. yeah, I can, I can do this. So, uh, this is the seventh movie in the mission impossible series. And essentially it's, uh, this kind of, uh, 
it's versus AI essentially is what we're talking about here. And the MacGuffin, if you will, is this key, this cross key, mm-hmm. which I thought can't it's a is sick key. one of the cool MacGuffins that we have seen in movies where it's like this key, it, if it, if it's connected to a, a fake sl- uh, part, it won't work. And so it has to do this thing. And everyone knows that this key is very important, but very few people know exactly why it's important. Of course, this stars uh, Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt, which means you're going to get some wild uh, stunts and special effects and I could I couldn't remember Ken as the movie started like I don't remember the trailer so I don't remember what the big thing was going to be this time I was like I don't think this is the one with the plane because I think I saw that once I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and of course when it happens oh it's right it's the motorcycle and he launches off of the cliff uh Ken I John mentioned he saw in theaters my takeaway from watching this was I wish I would have seen it in theaters because this is exactly what you want a popcorn big box office movie to be lots of good special effects um a fun storyline that doesn't take itself too seriously like i had an absolute blast watching this movie the other night and you're 100 percent right um i watched it i saw it in the theaters and then i saw it again shortly after i think i got a screener uh, a link for the when it went on streaming or I think when it went on sale digitally, that's what it was. Cause it was, and then I watched it again. I didn't think I would be able to make it through a three hour movie three times, but it's entertaining enough that you, you know, it was fine, but it's so much better on the big screen because of multiple reasons, but mostly to me, the big screen not only is you see it bigger, it works bigger. You have the sound, you have the whole surround environment, and it pulled you out of this familiar space, right? Mm-hmm. Where you watch it at home, and it's this lets you, the big the theater really get pulls you right into the movie the way it should be, right? With on the big scale, and. You know, frankly, all that action stuff looks so much better. Yeah. And is so much yeah. more thrilling at 20 feet high rather than two feet high. Oh, yeah. That was the first thing, you know, you, you notice is it is. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to, to immerse yourself in something like this that is not as much driven by story. And the story's fine. The story's fine for what it is. I mean, I think. If there's one thing the Mission Impossible series does a pretty good job of is th- there's there's interesting stories. But at the end of the day, you know, these are like Bond films or other action movies where, you know, the story doesn't necessarily carry it. It's about the action. It's about the suspense. It's about all of those things. And so when you're in the theater and you're right, Kent, I mean, you get the sound. It's easy to just get immersed in something like that and you know the the other thing about this movie and really the others it always seems like there's a train sequence yeah it always <laughs> seems like there's an airplane sequence or in this case josh you mentioned the motorcycle jump and i i remember when they were shooting this film a couple of years ago um that was one of the things that the production company tweeted out was actually tom cruise doing the stunt and we played it on the show or or we talked about it on the show yeah and and so for me that was kind of fun because it was like okay i i saw how they executed it 
Now, how is it going to look on film and, and, and how's it going to play out on film? And, and that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, so yeah, overall, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, of all these series, especially ones like this, and Josh, you kind of blew me away when you said this was the seventh, seventh. one because I'd lost track, mm-hmm. honestly. And I haven't seen all of them. I think I've Same. seen four of them. You guys are um, great. Yeah, I've seen like but, four or five of them. But here's the interesting thing. This is the rarest of series that got better in the middle. Mm-hmm. It got better when McHugh took over the direction. This is the third movie he's done, and he's doing the fourth one. Which and... one? Oh, sorry, Kent. Go ahead. Say, which one was the first Simon Pegg one? Because I started watching these movies for the first time within the last year. My dad started showing them to me because my dad loves these movies. And the first one, I mean, it, it's the first movie. You're talking about the very, like the actual Mission Impossible movie? Yeah, the first, first one the 90s. is, it, you know, it's Mission Impossible. I hated the second one. And was it the third or fourth one where Simon Pegg first came in? I think that's the fourth because I think he was in one before McHugh started directing. Because I noticed when Simon Pegg came in, when that character was introduced, the entire tone of the movie seemed to have kind of shifted to more of a Fast and Furious kind of vibe. Like whatever those movies tickle in my brain, the Fast and Furious movies, that's what these Mission Impossible movies do for me. It's that same exact thing. Did you notice that that was Simon Pegg was the voice of the entity? No, No, I didn't. I didn't either until I saw the credits and it was like, oh. So, you know, so he getting paid twice, I guess. Congrats to Peg. I love that. John uh, mentioned. That is, that is a good. John, oh, sorry. John mentioned the some of the, like the set pieces. I thought that this one had some really cool things, like you know that there are these these uh, ones that maybe go from movie to movie. I thought the train, especially when the the crash happens, I thought that that was excellent mm-hmm. as, I mean, especially like the oil is spilling all over the place. I thought that that was funny. I thought that the airport scene, that is the one I think of all of the, the stuff that's going to stick with me. I thought that that, and the, just the design of it all and the tricks that everybody is kind of pulling on each other and just how big that airport is. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed for a whole lot of fun. And I have to imagine Kent, like that they actually shot it there in Dubai. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Oh, man, yeah, absolutely. so that, that made it well, really, they, really cool. Yeah, no, they shot this thing all over the world. I think that bridge was in Poland, maybe. Oh, somewhere oh, weird. Um, the the I thought the, the I really liked the chase scene where they were handcuffed together, the uh-huh. car chase. And that yes. she wasn't a very good driver. I thought that that was that a was nice... so funny. It was a good twist because she's obviously very good at being a pickpocket, and so often in these movies, I think it was my wife who said it as we're watching it, like, I like that she's bad at this. That it would... If she was good at another thing, it would have just been like, oh, she can do everything. So that, I thought, made that yeah. scene very... And then when she's just going around in circles over and over... It was I such thought, a fun bit. Yeah, and that car was hilarious, too. Like, he pulls up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why I liked it. It's hilarious, and I also happen to ha- drive a Fiat, not one Hell of the, yeah. not one of the little <laughs> tiny ones, but uh, but I do drive a Fiat. So nice. it, it is it is amazing how they are able to keep this somewhat fresh. Um, and and now, admittedly, I've not watched the Fast and Furious series or some of these you other should. series that go on for you know eight, nine, ten movies, 
but the, the, the ability to keep this fresh because the first mission impossible, we're going on what? 25 years. I think 96. Yeah. So almost 30 years. Yeah. 30 years. Yeah. 96. Since the very first one came out and, and, and how that they are able to adjust with the times now, you know, back then, you know, and, and these movies are always about, you know, cutting edge technology, but now we're drifting into AI which as you know we're all still trying to get our arms around ai now here comes this new thing and 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 and, and it kind of adds an element of additional scariness because we've heard all the things that ai could or be possibly doing that could affect society and now they've incorporated it into this storyline and it gives it more of a menacing um feel because you know unlike you know, some of the, you know, bond gadgets from days gone by, those things were so far advanced that we couldn't relate to them, but we can relate to this because there's an unknown about AI and it's really the thing that everyone's going after and trying to figure out, okay, we got to get our grips on this or stuff's going to get out of control. So this really, and I'm curious, is this supposed to be the last of the series, this next one? So it's still going. Well, there was talk that it was, and then uh, Cruz has been quoted as saying he wants to do these Mission Impossible movies till he's 80, and he's 61 <laughs> now. I don't think he's going to make 80, but I guarantee you he'll do two or three more. In part, he's the producer of these things, and his production company does them. So, um it's interesting on the point that you were making about the history of it. Remember that this thing started out as a television series in the 60s and early 70s that was capitalizing on the Bond craze, so to speak, yep. that, that started with the Bond stuff. And so this became kind of a Bond knockoff. And then the first one of these movies really fits really into that Bond idea, right? It mm-hmm. very much could be a James Bond movie with a, a few changes, but they've altered it as it's gone along to turn it into this action series that's as much about the stunts and the set pieces as it is about the story. And that that was that's the I think the smart thing they've done. And that's the thing that's been emphasized in the last uh three installments of the of the movie. And I and the assumption has to be it will be emphasized in the fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that one apparently isn't done because I saw a story this week, I believe, that Tom Cruise was spotted flying his airplane into England or somewhere where he has to finish shooting this movie. And can, sec- next movie. it seems like, you know, we're like a decade or so removed away from a lot of like shows and movies 
being split into two parts, seemingly for like contract reasons, like John being a big Sopranos fan of obviously will remember when they did that with their final season. Breaking Bad did it. Mad Men did it. Um, and it seemed like a lot of that stuff was contractual, if, if anything, and, and certainly about money. This seemed like, and I heard somebody else make this comparison, that they just had so many ideas. I mean, this movie is almost three hours, and I really don't think it's that slow. I mean, it really does seem to move. And so I, I wonder if we're going to watch another movie in you know a year or so that's also like two hours and 45 minutes. I genuinely didn't realize it was almost three hours long up until we started talking about it right now. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's it's almost three hours and it, it moves very quickly. didn't feel like it. The, the only part of it that's at all slow is it takes a little bit to get started. That first 10 minutes or so, they mm-hmm. kind of... The summer, the submarine part, basically. Yeah. Do you think the movie had to start with the submarine? Do you think they could have removed that part? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also think that that scene where he sneaks into the what is it, the CIA director's (laughs) office briefing, all of that Mm -hmm. was kind of a little on the elongated side. You know, for a second, Ken, I'm wondering, like, do they even know that this guy is in the room? Like, I'm watching that thinking, okay, what's going to be the twist in this whole scene? But then eventually that person talks, and then obviously you know what happens after that. Uh, Something else I wanted to touch on quick that I think is fascinating about these movies. It seems like with, you know, the action and the set pieces, everybody kind of has their favorite stunt in the movies. Mm -hmm. John, uh, not to speak for you, but was yours the motorcycle one? Yes, I'm trying to think, but I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with Josh. I mean, the end, you know, with just the whole train sequence mm-hmm. was, was, was really, really interesting. Um, but I mean, I like a singular stunt, certainly the motorcycle one. Was. And then, uh, so mine was a train, but it wasn't necessarily the full sequence. It was when they went into the tunnel. And they're, that, they're hanging out underneath. That everything. was such a cool and terrifying concept mm-hmm. to me because you're like, oh, yeah, that would be scary. And they were in there for a long, long time. Yeah. And then how it starts out kind of slow and then progressively you can see how it's like, all right, they're a little more comfortable. This mm-hmm. is the space we've got. I loved that. Well, they scene literally so much. did that in the first one. Literally in the first movie, there was a train sequence where they're, you know, so, you know, like I said, they always seem to incorporate trains in these films. There's some, mm-hmm. there's some this obsession with trains, but, but for some reason it, I think some of that stuff is, is some of the best instead of car chases or, you know, stuff out of airplanes, for some reason, there's something about, you know, train. And, and this goes through a lot of different films. I mean, you can go through a ton of different films and there's, there's action adventure that happens mm-hmm. on trains. And there's something about it that's just, I don't know. It's very unique, and yet it's it's common in movies, and I always think they end up being some of the best sequences in action films. Or even the dumb little details where the weapons, at one point, they all kind of drop some weapons and then pick up, different people pick up weapons, and mm-hmm. they kind of keep them throughout the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was just an interesting choice because I feel like everybody... In other action movies, whenever they always have new weapons. it's always a new weapon or a different weapon, but it's like, oh no, he got those from here mm-hmm. and he still has those from here. You know, one thing I thought, not necessarily weapon, but interesting that like the Ving Rhames character has to quite go off the grid so the AI can't track him or whatever. Yeah. Did you notice that one scene? They used a typewriter. An yeah. actual old yeah. typewriter. Yeah. Right? 
that's smart. That's clever. You know, I thought that that stuff was cool, and I'm I'm interested, Kent, to see how that plays itself out in the last one, where they're going to be they're going to be competing against this, you know, the entity, and how will that show itself? Given that they're going to essentially have to log off to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I think it was well done, and for a three hour movie, it doesn't feel like a three hour movie. And y'all know that I don't like long movies. Uh huh. And nope. the other thing is this didn't. This doesn't aggravate me like some movies that are two in one, right? It didn't just stop, right? Yeah. It, it's satisfying enough as this movie that yeah, you wanna you know, you wanna see the sequel, but it doesn't have to have the sequel to work. I would agree. It can stand on its own and also get you very excited for, you know, the next movie when that comes out too. Kent, did you realize uh, that your Apple computer allows you to? Did you notice that? I did notice the balloons. Correct. See, but yes, Kent Josh is a professional. He's a professional, last- John. He just continued to talk through it, and then you had to call attention to it. Well, no, I just thought it, I I had never known what kind of a computer Kent has, and as soon as I saw the the silly thing come up, now I know he's on an. Apple Kent's computer. handsome. He's a Mac guy. It's very obvious. It's very obvious <laughs> yes. to see. Well, that is uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Uh, is the next one supposed to be out this summer, or is it going to have to wait next till year. next year? So 25. 25, correct. Obviously, he was still sh- if he's still shooting it now, good point. you know, you've got it. It really takes about a year from when a movie, any movie gets finished shooting until it can get on screen and a movie like this, I'm sure it's all, some of it's already done, but it'll take a good year for it to get on screen. Here's the interesting thing that we didn't talk about, about this movie. It lost money. Cause the budget and, and like the advertising, right? It was just such the a large figure. And the advertising were crossed the 700 to $800 million mark. And it made 600 and some odd million. And the reason for that. It's because it went it into got, uh, IMAX before Oppenheimer, right? Correct. Yeah. It got killed by Oppenheimer and Barbie. Yeah. Why, did they, why didn't they change the release date? I guess maybe the anticipation wasn't there that Oppenheimer was going to have such a big number as an R-rated movie. Correct. Though. Yeah. Correct. Oppenheimer was not a summer blockbuster hyped movie when they were scheduling these things and so it was like yeah we'll go up against barbie you know the barbie audience isn't going to be interested in this movie well they got hammered by barbenheimer and and ended up losing money crazy that's a mind boggler yeah especially because they put it in imax and you know when nolan has movies come out they he always has those agreements with the imax theaters and essentially just blew it off the the screen no pun intended no pun intended. And speaking speaking of Oppenheimer, I believe it comes to streaming uh, today, doesn't it? I think it's I think next it's week. Next weekend. Next, next week. weekend. Yeah, Peacock. Week. And that's on Peacock. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is uh, Dead Reckoning, uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. It is on Paramount Plus and Something tells me you might see more advertising about it in this Sunday's game. 
Just a thought. Hmm. You talking about uh you talking about Paramount or you talking about the new movie? Yeah. I'm oh, just okay. saying, I'm just saying the the, the Oh the, yeah, it's a CBS property. The fact that it is now on Not streaming. Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah. CBS has hitched its wagon to that at this point. Yes, they have. Kent, do you have a prediction for the Super Bowl? Could it be zero zero? <laughs> so, so if John this asked you, Kent, this is this is Kent's this is Kent's nightmare Super Bowl. Yeah, it's the Chiefs, and then of course the Raiders and 49ers have had a Bay rivalry. Uh, until recently so this is this is ken's in, nightmare the, in the raiders stadium and the stinking chiefs are using the raiders locker room well it's maybe the some of their success will rub off on those lockers maybe mm. or yeah but it's still the nightmare it couldn't be worse you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was hoping for baltimore and detroit yeah, because then you wouldn't care. It'd be two teams that you have like no like you know disdain for, maybe. So if you're going to make me make a pick, this has nothing to do with reality. This has to do with I hate the Chiefs more than I hate the 49ers. So go Niners. <laughs> so go Niners, mm. like 31-28. Mm. I wonder if Evil Kent has an opinion on this game. I could see 52-38 or something like that, probably Nebraska. Well, that wouldn't make any sense, Evil Kent. That would make no that sense. That would be good. That <laughs> would be good. Does uh, Evil Kent have a prediction on the Nebraska-Iowa women's basketball game this week? I could see 52-38 or something like that, probably Nebraska. 38 points for Caitlin Clark or for the entire <laughs> Iowa Hawkeyes team? Mm. Wouldn't that, that be that awesome? That was what I was going to say. <laughs> Did Caitlin Clark break her ankle uh, on this <laughs> Wouldn't that be an awesome result, though? Nebraska gets the win. Caitlin Clark scores all of Iowa's points, and she ends up one point shy of breaking the record. Mm. That'd be pretty amazing. That'd be a perfect scenario for Nebraska fan. All right. Well, uh, next Friday, it is Nick's turn. Oh, boy. We know what happened the last time he picked a movie. Yes, it is. All right. What are we going to this time, Nick? Amazon Prime. Ah, you love Amazon. You love love Bezos. It's my favorite so much. Thank you, Daddy Bezos. All right. What are we watching? A Wes Anderson movie that came out last year. Oh, I never saw this movie. Asteroid City. Asteroid City. All righty. This will be interesting because... Um, let's just say Wes Anderson is kind of an acquired taste. Mm. Either you really like what he does or go, ah, (laughs) have we done a Wes Anderson movie? I don't believe so. I'm surprised. I don't think so. I don't think so. We didn't ever do Royal Tenenbaums or anything. Did we? Nope. Nope. Yes. I don't, I think this is the first of his movies we've ever done. That's interesting. I figured you guys would have done at least one. Yeah, that Stibbs would have picked one back in the day. But yeah, we didn't do Tenenbaums, and I'm trying to remember the other ones that I that I know of. What was Did the not mo- do Grand Budapest. We didn't do Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest. Wes Anderson looks like what you would imagine Wes Anderson to look like. Every time I see a picture Does of him. He? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did yep, yep, this will be our first. Okay. Oh yeah. Doesn't he? He looks yeah. exactly, he looks like, exactly he like you would expect him to look like. Fair enough. Yep. All right. I think, I think Kent, next week it's going to be Jack Mitchell, but I'm not 100% sure. 
So we'll see if we can get Jack to watch it because he never watches movies. Jack. <laughs> well, that'll be fun in and of itself. Uh-huh. Yes, it will. Can't yes, wait. it will. All right. Well, Kent, have a have a great weekend. Uh it, you know, try to power through the rest of the uh the Lincoln Festival and uh, we'll forgive you if you decide not not to watch the game on Sunday. Well, unfortunately, I have to watch the game at least halftime. Or you could just watch the halftime. That I could do. Yeah. But and but I, I'm afraid I'm stuck because someone against my wishes has decided that we're hosting a Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Oh, Kent. What time should I show up, Kent? Nice. Oh, uh, I think she said four. Four o'clock. Okay. Nice. Yeah, cool. I'll be there. That's perfect. That's good. Yeah. Kent, have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye, Kent. Bye, Kent. Kent Wolgamont of the Lincoln Journal Star. All right, yes, so you're gone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just yeah, going to yeah, say, go you're gone. You're gone next week. And then you're right. going to be back the week after that. But then you're going to be gone the week after, or two weeks after that. Wow. So you'll be, so this will be good, John. You can get your pick in for, for uh, next week and let us know. And we can uh, preview it for the movie club. Actually, you know what? I should have, uh, I should have already said it because I've made my pick. Oh, what is it? Mm. Uh, so two weeks from now, yeah. the untouchables. The Untouchables. Which one is that? The Untouchables. That's uh, that's Kevin Costner and Sean Connery. Oh, I've never seen this based, movie. It's based on the. Um, oh, look at this cast! Holy crap! Yes, it's that's a great a, cast. It's a great cast. What's this on, John? It's on. Oh God, I knew you. Were TCM Plus. Is it on Netflix? Was it Netflix? Let's just hope it's still on whatever streaming service you watched it on by the time it's time to do it. I literally movie. just watched it. Okay, good. I literally just watched it. Okay. Um, I think it was Netflix. I'll double check. All right, cool. I'll double check, but yes, The Untouchables. Oh, no. How about this from Hurt and Husker fan? Nick's streak continues. I love movies. Wanted to like Asteroid City. Couldn't even finish it. It was so bad. Interesting. Mm. The trailer. I remember the trailers. Um I'm intrigued by this movie. I just never got around That's to saying That's how it. I feel about it, too. I'm also yeah. intrigued. Looks very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, cool. All right, coming up, we've got our Super Bowl preview featuring point-counterpoint of the most important round of predictions Yours. in the history of the <laughs> predictions. Nice. Because someone's losing their facial hair. But coming Gosh. up next, Nick, John and Rick Pitino. Oh, boy. Handshake emoji. It's going to be a short segment, emoji. folks. Short segment. Longer than on John's 1620 the, on 1620 the zone